what's up, everybody, and thank you for listening to this podcast, The Truth That Heals. I am your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and for today's episode, it started off a little different. First off, we have some beats, so special shout out. Thank you to my cousin, Mauricio. Big thank you, homie, for providing the beats, providing the music, and hey, if you're also doing a podcast or you need some beats to be done and you want to uh, uh, collab with my my cousin, he's a musician-magician. This guy knows his stuff. He plays so many instruments. Me, I'm still like plucking on, you know, guitar strings, you know, and I'm still like with, with the piano, I'm just like, you know, just doing a few keys here and there. And this guy, he's, he's amazing. He's fantastic. He's a songwriter. He's in a band, an indie rock band. They're called The Walla Band. And like I was saying, if you want to check this guy out, if you want to collab with him, have him uh, hire him to do some beats for you, you can find them on Instagram at Desiderio Beats. That is spelled D-E-C-I-D-E-R-I-O-B-E-A-T-S. So <laughs> I know like uh, sometimes when it comes to spelling like Spanish words or Spanish names, sometimes people get it confused. Like, for example, Jose, you know, some people will say, oh, Jose, it's spelled uh, H-O-S-A-Y. And... I think there's like a family feud where they spell Jose with an H and lo and behold, it's spelled with a J or, um, or other, other words, other names. But, uh, for Desiderio, it is not D E S like desire. It's, uh, D E C. And I know not all of us are super fancy when it comes to spelling, you know, thank you autocorrect for, uh, saving us when it comes to using our minds for spelling. But beats, uh, there's so many ways to spell beats. Um, well, actually, I think there's only <laughs> two ways. Um, but it's not the beats like the, you know, the the vegetable, the red thing. It's not B-E-E-T-S. It's beats, you know, like I'm going to beat you up or, <laughs> or, okay, maybe not like beat you up. I'm going to, um, I don't know, like beating of the drum. Anyway, so I'm going on. A totally wrong direction but anyways i'm just so thankful for having some uh updates in my podcast finally and uh it's it's a blessing to have uh support and uh encouragement from all of my listeners and even i even get hate sometimes but you know what i still thank them because it helps me to reevaluate how i want to uh, deliver my messages, and uh, it's it's sometimes healthy to have criticism. So I I want to thank all my critics, all the haters, all the lovers. I love y'all, and it's inspiring me for this podcast of today. So if you've been following my podcast, you might have observed that I had been in a very negative environment when it came to religious life the mix the confusion was that it depended on who the superior was so let's say it was a bad superior then most definitely it would be a toxic environment but then there were good superiors who did things i would say the more christ-like way 
and it was a more Christ-like environment. However, people ask me all the time, why didn't you leave earlier? Why did you stay? Why did you linger even though you weren't feeling that that was for you, even though you felt that that wasn't your vocation? And that's a very serious question. And it does require some thought because in, I have to go back and to reobserve, reexamine my thinking at that time. And compare it to my thinking of today. And there's certainly a huge change. But it is a valid question. It's a valid question. Why did I stay in a toxic environment for so long? And I hate to you know, repeat saying the word cults. But uh, it's, it's part of the cult tactics is to introduce methods of blocking your mind from making decisions and the person then becomes dependent on the leaders on the superiors to make all the decisions for them so cults do this and sadly i think that religious communities are falling into that trap so not all but it's it's easy for religious superiors to fall into this complete authority that they have absolute direction over your life. And that's where it becomes toxic, even in in the religious communities. But to go deeper, like I was saying, they have methods of blocking your mind from making those decisions. And in this case, it is through some quotes that I will be giving, which they repeat over and over. And it becomes like a, a chant, like a hypnotic chant, which gets you to go against your own nature and to stay in a position where you do not want to stay. So here are a few quotes that would be uttered frequently. And sometimes I think there was malice. And that other times I think that it was just a flaw by some of the superiors because, you know, we all really, we all looked at the cross through this perspective of just absolute suffering. And well, here, here are the quotes. I'm going to give them to you. So here's the first one. If you love God, you will carry your cross. Again, the first quote that I'm going to, I'm going to say is, if you love God, you will carry your cross. The second one I want to present is, if you love the cross, you will always choose the harder path because that is what Christians are called to do. Again, if you love the cross, you will always choose the harder path because that is what Christians are called to do. And then the third one is, please pray for his or her perseverance. So in and, in and of itself, these quotations, there seems to be nothing really wrong. You know, carrying our cross, carrying our burdens, choosing uh, 
some form of sacrifice, hardships, which is not always a bad thing. It's sometimes necessary in life to choose a difficult path because you know it's better for you, for your spiritual life. But here's the twist: is when they're saying, they're saying those those quotes, those first two quotes that if you love God, you're going to carry your cross, and then they, sadly, they might beat you. Or they put you in solitary confinement, or you're not being fed; you're being starved almost to death. So I stayed, even though I was in that toxic environment, because in my mind, I am thinking, "Well, geez, if I if I love God, then I'm gonna stay here because this is where He wants me. This is the cross." That he wants me to carry, and then with the last quote, which is, "Pray," they would say, "Pray for the perseverance of Brother Joseph here, or pray for the perseverance of Sister, whatever, whatever name." And what happens is when people say that, "Oh, we're gonna pray for your perseverance," in my mind, I'm already thinking, "Goodness, man, people are praying for me to stick it out." People are praying for me to succeed in this vocation. I may not be happy. I may totally feel sick inside, but goodness gracious, people are praying for my perseverance. So I don't want to disappoint them. And another thing is, you don't want to disappoint God. You don't want to pers- uh, you don't want to uh, disappoint your church. Because the thinking is that, like, the more toxic, the more crazy, and the more radical, and the more strict, that that must be your cross to carry. And if you say otherwise, if you say, "Oh, I don't think this is for me," then what do they accuse you of? They'll say, "Oh, you're you're going to drop your cross. You're going to give up." Another thing, you're a quitter, or like another when it comes to the perseverance part. And I remember when members would leave, they would say, "Oh, we have another KIA, we have another killed in action. He or she didn't persevere. Oh, what a shame!" And the sad thing is, is that these people. Who made their decisions to leave or to stay? In many instances, were not respected. So I'm going to stop there for a second when it comes to the understanding of a toxic environment and and the cross. And I want to go on to other toxic environments because there's toxic environments everywhere. It can be everywhere. It can be at work, it can be at relationships, and sadly, when you're an outsider, you don't always understand what other people are going through. And I want to give another example, and this time it'll be in regards to marriage life. People can say, "Oh my goodness, look at that! Look at that lovely couple, seventy-five years years old." 
they've been they've been together for 40 years wow you know the the longer a relationship is that just shows how how beautiful how successful a marriage is so don't get it confused time in a environment in a job time in a relationship the longer the time doesn't mean that it's successful because in those 40 years that they're married or in those 40 years that you're in a job you might be the most miserable person or let's say oh yeah they're they've been married for 40 years but like the majority of that time is fighting and hating each other and not talking and it's not a healthy environment so i'm not saying leave your environment just because it might not be perfect you know there is a cross to carry everywhere all of us have uh sacrifices to make but there has to be also an understanding of what is a toxic environment what is a toxic relationship and how to identify it and what to do and at the same time how to carry our cross through it so as you know or if if you don't know i am a blogger so i like to uh write some blogs but i also like to read and keep my mind fresh with knowledge and understanding other people's perspectives so i was checking out this one blog on clockify a blog by a writer named uh marijana stojanovic and she was giving her definition of a toxic work environment and i still even though i'm not really talking about work environment toxicity i think that's still what the way she defines can be seen in in the family life it can be seen in the church life uh and as we see here in in the work life so this is how she defines a toxic environment she says that a toxic environment is one where employees find it difficult to work or progress in their careers due to the negative atmosphere created by coworkers supervisors or the company culture itself so the culture the environment the atmosphere these are all important things and if you're in the wrong atmosphere then of course it's going to be very toxic so you know going going through that blog uh, she also was uh pinpointing this writer from i believe it was from the 60s and her name is Virginia K Bailey she wrote a book effective nursing leadership a practical guide and she's giving some 11 points 11 categories on where you can find uh toxic and healthy environments at in the workplace and i'm going to uh give them out so the first is goals so in a healthy work environment the goals are going to be clear and obvious when it's toxic are the goals clear and obvious no they're obscure they're unclear the second is values beliefs the attitude and in a healthy work environment these things are considered 
are they considered uh, in a toxic environment? No, the values are still obscure and values are at times irrelevant. Now the roles, I'm not talking about bread rolls. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I think, you know, food just comes to my mind sometimes. You know, I love those Hawaiian bread rolls. They're just so good. Anyways, I'm not talking about, you know, those roles. Um, in a healthy work environment, roles are clear and they're agreed upon. Whereas in the toxic environment, they're ambiguous, unclear, and at times conflicting. Then you have communication. What does healthy communication look like? It is supportive, assertive, understanding. Whereas in the toxic environment, and this doesn't even, it's, it's not only for work. This can be in relationships. This is going to be in, in love relationships, family relationships. What does, uh, what does Virginia Bailey say? about uh about that that um it can be defensive aggressive and even passive aggressive so you really see that that difference between the healthy that supportive assertive understanding and that you see the negativity in the toxicity of being defensive aggressive and passive aggressive the next one is decision making so what is the healthy work environment when it comes to decision-making? It is based on agreement, including everyone's input. Whereas in the toxic environment, it is top-down, one-way communication. Now, when it comes to feelings, what is the healthy environment? It is your feelings are expressed, discussed. But sadly, in a negative environment, those things are neglected. The next one is listening. What is a healthy environment when it comes to listening? She says that the, the listening is active. And the negative is it's alternating monologues. Next, she goes on to self-disclosure. The healthy is open and expressive, whereas the negative is closed and hiding. In a healthy environment, conflicts are resolved. In a negative environment, in, a, in an environment that is toxic, conflicts are avoided. Now coming to the HR, the staff is valued. But in a toxic environment, staff is treated as a resource. You're just the number. And lastly, in the task completion, a healthy environment is autonomous or left to the employee. Whereas in the toxic environment, there is only a single right way implored by, uh, you know, by the, by the supervisors. So, uh, those were the positives, the negatives, the healthy, the toxic. And the one that struck out to me the most was, I would say, would be the communication. Because the healthy is supportive, understanding, 
and the toxic is defensive, aggressive, and passive aggressive. And going back to what I was saying about those quotes about, hey, if, if you love God, you're going to carry your cross. If you love the cross, you're going to choose the harder ways in life. Oh, if you love God, you're going to persevere in these hardships. You know, that passive aggressive, it really messes up with one's thinking, with one's spirit, and it really wastes a lot of time. And so the errors of looking at the cross this way is it removes one huge factor, and that is discernment. So I love the religious community that I, w- I was in. Yes, at times it was like a cult. And I, I'm speaking out because so many are victims to, to the wrong way of looking at the cross. But now, because I'm talking with, with the members who stuck it out and who are trying to fix things, in line with the Vatican, also with the help of psychologists, and to do things the right way, they have they have told me, or at least the couple have told me, I don't want to say the whole entire group, but at least the ones whom I have spoken with have expressed that one thing that was removed from back in the day of this group has been brought back, and that is discernment. So we're going to look into discernment right now. So first word of the day was toxic environment. Now the second word of the day is discernment. So what is discernment? Discernment involves choices. It involves making decisions. And some choices in life, you need to really think hard. You need to be honest with yourself and you look you need to look at the pros and the cons you need to really weigh what is what is good for you but if there are no options then it's not really discernment so sadly in the case that I was in and many other young men and women there was no real option because there is this pressure that if I leave, I'm going to be a failure. If I leave, they're going to look down on me because I gave up. But the truth is, when you discern, it's not you're giving up the cross. It's not that you're turning your back on God. It is that you're making a decision to follow God in the right way of life for you. So if you're in a workplace that is in, that is toxic and all the supervisors are assholes, the culture of the company just completely sucks. And you stay there with the thinking, well, I got to stay here because this is what God wants of me. I have to be a good Christian and I have to uh, carry my cross. Then maybe that's not the right the right path for you because the sermon is you're really being honest with yourself in making decisions and when i say honest 
I mean, you're not fooling yourself. So this is what happened to me. We were taught, or you could say brainwashed. We were brainwashed to at times fool ourselves. Because for the longest time, I had been wanting to leave. But I would keep blocking the thought of leaving out of fear of disappointing others, out of fear of I'm going to be dropping the cross. And I just want you to know, the listener, that Christ isn't like that. He isn't going to be disappointed if you have to make a serious decision in your life. He is not going to leave you. He is not going to be hating you or wanting to curse you as I was taught. <laughs> so you really you really see one view of the cross, which is you got to do this because that's what that's what God wants. And then you see the other side is where Christ wants wants you to carry the cross, but he wants to carry it with you. But you also have to look at the environment that you are in. You might be wondering, why is Ryan talking about discernment? Why is he talking about the cross? Why is he talking about toxic environments? And the reason is, I'll be honest with my listeners, I very recently had come across a, a moment of discernment. And it wasn't really even uh, a toxic environment. It was uh, with work. And I haven't announced it yet on Facebook. <laughs> I'm going to announce it here first. Um, but I have come to the decision to leave my position at Amazon. And I know many people have their own opinions. And that's fair. You know, we all have opinions and they can share those opinions on their podcast. But in my experience, I had a wonderful time. I enjoyed it there. However, interiorly, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do with my life. And I compare this time. I compare it with when I was in the religious life because because when I was in the religious life, it was like there was no choice. I just had to do it. And if, if it's hard, you know, they'll say, suck it up, buttercup. But here, I have that freedom to talk to God, to listen to God, and to listen to my own body. Because, I mean, I as I said, I do love working at Amazon, I'm thankful. But towards the end, I had to be honest with myself. It's not what I wanted to do with my life. And there are other things that I've been dreaming of. So I remember I'd be like scanning packages and doing my thing. And sometimes I would daydream of the things that I really want to do in my life. But I couldn't do that because I'm only one person. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, a magician, I can't uh, be at two places in one time. And so I really had to discern. But the discernment I had now with my job, it was so beautiful because it was honest. I was 
I was put in a place where I'm more transparent with God. But before I'm being forced, I'm being manipulated into thinking I have to do this. And so that was a very toxic environment. And for those who ask me why I stayed, that is why I stayed for so long. And here at Amazon, I am so thankful for the things that I've learned, the the teamwork, the the hustle. I, I really learned to. Uh, <laughs> I really learned how to uh, how to run to the bathroom and come back, you know, so they won't know that <laughs> that I'm gone. But it was it was a good uh, experience. I'm thankful, and I am ready to move on. And I feel. I know that it's going to be, there's going to be trials, there's going to be difficulties, but that's the beauty of discernment is that you're able to choose. You have that freedom to make a decision. And of course, you know, you'd want to pray about it, but it's, it's in your hands to make decisions in your life. And that should be respected. And I want to thank my coworkers, those who were at Amazon who supported me, who gave me those high fives, who you know for all the all the amazing swag and all the great pizza parties. And you know, thinking about pizza parties, I'm like, damn, you know, maybe I should go, maybe I should go back and the Taco Tuesdays. But hey, uh, I, I am thankful for the opportunities that God has given me, and just comparing this time to my past in the past when i was in that environment i had to force myself to smile i had to force myself to carry a cross that i didn't want a cross that felt unnatural to me but now i thank god that he is he has opened my eyes and put me in a position where i can be authentic with him authentic with the people around me And lastly, authentic with myself. So I want to end it there. And I encourage all of you to do what you can when it comes to when it comes to identifying toxic environments. Remember to discern what it is that you want to do in your life, especially in big decisions. And lastly, authenticity with yourself, with God, and with those around you. Because I'll be honest, if I were to stay even just an extra day at Amazon, I just knew it wasn't for me. I just felt that if I'm going to stay, if I'm going to stay here, I am doing a disservice to myself. I'm doing a disservice to God. I'm doing a disservice to my coworkers because my mind and my heart were some it's it's somewhere else where God is directing me. And so please keep me in your prayers because I have a new journey. I have some things lined up and I am going to need all the prayers that the Lord may bless me with the wisdom that I that I need and the courage to keep going forward. So everyone who listened, thank you very much. Please like and share, and God bless all of you. Bye-bye.